I mean, Dave, I just asked how you are. I didn't need your life story there. <laughs> <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> so basically, you had a guy getting it up in your bed then. That's what you're saying. Aye, but I bet it had Rangers tattoos, Derek. So it was fine. Oh, that, that's fine, aye. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, I haven't even got my funny story ready. Too busy listening to music on YouTube. And listening to me talking. <laughs> Pardon me, burpage. And the stadium erupts in red, white and blue. You've never seen anything like it. Let's go. Hi everyone and welcome to the next episode of the I Ready Podcast. As ever, I'm your host Derek and with me is my co-host Dave. How are you doing Dave? Oh Derek, I'm excellent. Yourself? I'm very good, you know, I'm just doing away as usual. Yeah, exactly. I'm feeling a slightly more positive this week Derek than I was last week, but just slightly. Still got a lot of concerns, but we'll, we'll talk about that as the podcast goes on. I mean, I was bouncing from your text to Rangers Twitter, and I mean, I felt the more depressed every time I looked at it. <laughs> I don't know who was worse, Derek, to be fair. I think I, I, it was maybe me that was actually in the, the sort of higher scale of depression uh, last week. But I know I do. I feel slightly more, slightly more happy than I was la- last week. But, uh, more, more importantly, have you got a drink in front of you? Because I did say to you, you're doing this with a drink because you were I that I don't, no, no, I'm, to- I'm totally sober, Derek. I'm sitting here, I want to stay as professional as possible, so no alcohol during the pod. When's that ever stopped you? <laughs> exactly. Yes, so we've got three games to cover, certainly... All uh, positive results, two wins and one draw, but the draw didn't matter because we'd done enough in the in the first yep. leg anyway. So, without further ado, we'll go down the tunnel and onto the pitch. So, the first game we've got to cover was Saturday the 12th of August. It was a 4-0 win at home against Livingston in the Premiership. 4-0, slightly deceiving because it wasn't really... I wouldn't say it wasn't a 4-0 game, but I think we made heavy weather of it, Dave. Yeah, I think we did, Derek, because you're about to get into there. I think it was more the, the strength and depth of the squad that put a shine on it with the substitutes that were made in the end but uh, yeah as you're about to get into certainly the first three quarters of the match it was very huff and puff wasn't it? Yes so we made two changes from the first leg against Servette we lined up Butland, Tavernier, Balogun, Suter, Barisic, Raskin, Sifuentes, Cantwell, Lammers, Dessers and Danilo. On the subs bench we have McCrory, Lundstrom, Hadji, Matondo, Seamart, Dowell, Sterling, Roof and King so great to see Sifuentes getting a game because he certainly impressed in the, the Servette game when he came on. Definitely, Derek, and up to speed, up to full fitness already, which is, is excellent. And certainly, so far, what we've seen, he looks a decent player. Yes, absolutely. So, the first half was a decent first half, fully in control. We started off very, very brightly with tempo, which did drop, however, as the half went on. In the fourth minute, Danilo with a snapshot over the bar from the edge of the box after picking up a loose ball. Eighth minute, a long ball forward into the box from Tavernier. Defender was getting to it, but Dessers nipped in to steal the ball and tries to shoot a bit wide. That's just showing good awareness from Dessers there. However, on the 10th minute, we went 1-0 up, and it was that great player, Dave, Lammers, who scored. 
<laughs> okay. A lovely give and go with Lammers to Cantwell, who backheel flicks it to Dessers, who plays a through ball to the on-running Cantwell, who is in the right side of the box. He was pulled back, but he kept going. He has a shot at an angle, saved by the keeper, however, rebounds out to Lammers, who shoots into the back of net. It was great technique because he still had a lot to do. There was defenders in the way, and he, he, he blasted it high into the roof of the net. It was a great, it was a, a well-worked goal, Derek. I mean, you can say it was fortuitous slightly because it rebounded straight to our play, but the actual build-up uh, between Cantwell and Dessers, absolutely superb. Cantwell really, really unlucky there. But again, that willingness for Cantwell just to bust a gut to get in there, that's what we're looking for. And, uh, you know, we got the goal from it. So, yeah, great to be 1-0 up and, you know, it's still early in the match. Yeah, and for a player who apparently dives all the time, he done well to stay up when he could have exactly. easily went down. 100% Derek, yep. Yes. 21st minute, Sifuentes wins the ball back on the edge of the Livingston box when he had no business doing so. It's a stunning volley, forcing a good save out for the keeper from the corner. From that corner, we had the ball in the back of the net, but it was ruled out for handball. It was a corner from the right, into the centre, off the shoulder, then the arm of Sifuentes, who controls it, shoots it into the back of the net. It was cracking technique, a VAR check was done, and it was ruled off. Now, the referee never went to the screen, so he was pretty adamant from what he was hearing through the the wireless there as well now Dave people are saying right that's one of these things I'm not too sure about it though because I thought, thought it hit off you know the, the his top of his shoulder and then kind of rolled down into his arm and if that was the case then it shouldn't have been a foul but there's a lot of other people saying no it was a, a stick on handball we can have no complaints I am totally confused about the handball rules now, Derek. When I first saw it, obviously I jumped up, thought it was a great you know, a goal. Looking back on it, just exactly like what you said, I mean, maybe being you know, lenient, saying it was his, his shoulder, maybe slightly down a wee bit. I did think it was harsh, but going by everyone talking about the new handball rules, it wasn't to, you know, to count and... You know, certainly a bit unlucky, and I actually think that's what sort of knocked the wind out of our sails from then on was that decision, because I think it possibly deflated our players slightly and maybe boosted the Livy players, because after that, that was when, you know, we started to really make heavy work of things, certainly going forward. Yeah, I mean, we just seem to stop playing. We seem to stop with that urgency. Yep. We're actually pretty decent up until that yeah. point. Because yep. my next note isn't until the 46th minute where yep. we had lots of possession. White, out wide right to Tavernier who floats a good ball into the near post and Dessers headed it just over the bar. And that's the only other real chance we had in the half. So, yeah. as you said, I think you were quite correct. It knocked the, the stuffing out of us. And I don't yep. know why. Because, uh, you know, we were certainly on the ascendancy. Why stop? Into the second half... It was kind of the same as the, the, the latter part of the, the first half, really. Largely in control, but we never really upped the pace. We never shown any urgency. And we, we nearly came a cropper on a couple of occasions as well. That was a 5-10 minute spell. 46 minute, Cantwell on the edge of the box. Wide left to Barisic, who plays a first-time cross that finds Lammer's head and a glancing header just wide. 50th minute, Danilo driving forward on the left, has a shot and forces the keeper into a good save. 54th minute, Livingston with a speculative shot from the edge of the box, which takes a deflection, forcing a decent save from the keeper. He's seen it late, and then a minute later, it was past the Dessers in our area near the box. Really too sloppy receiving it. He was just waiting on it. Shinny nipped in, robbed the ball, and had a decent shot, forcing another good save from Butland there. So I think it was Shinny in the first chance just a minute beforehand, and we started to go off the boil, and there was two decent saves Butland had to pull off. Yep. When you're only 1-0, anything can happen. 
Yep, hundred percent, Derek. And it came from sloppy plays. Well, certainly the second one did. But as you've just said, there was just this real lack of urgency through, you know, just going from the the, the midfield going forward. They just seemed to be lacking completely. And you know, quite rightly, Livingston coming back into the game. Although, you know, the two half chances not troubling us too much, but at the same time, at home we're expecting a lot more, aren't we? Yeah, well, absolutely, and you know, no disrespect to Livingston, but we should be, you know, pummeling them at this stage. Yep. However, a mistake from Shinny, funnily enough, on the 56th minute, we go up the park with a quick break, Shinny makes a mistake, it went 3v3, the ball was slid to Dessers on the left of the box, an indecision, and it made an easy take for the defender. He managed to win the ball back, but Dessers then passed it right back to the defender, and they yeah. cleared it from there, so a touch of the Kenny Millers, I think, there. I don't know, I think you're maybe being a bit harsh on Kenny Miller there, to be perfectly honest with you, but I'll, I'll let you away with that one. On the f- same minute as well, once they cleared the ball, we regained possession, back past the Cifuentes, a lovely long ball from him on the right, to the back post, knocked down by Danilo, into space for Dessers, who has a shot, but it was deflected out for the corner. 70th minute, this is when things have started to change, because Lammers and Dessers came off, Matondo and Sima came on, and there was urgency, both Matondo and Seema, you know, they shown like fresh legs, wanting to prove a point, and they certainly done that as well because we upped the pace. 77th minute, Sifuentes with a deflected shot from distance. It was a trundler, but it was right at the keeper. Same minute as well, the ball played forward for Seema, who shown pace, got past the defender, gets a shot off, uh, but the keeper had narrowed the angle. Uh, it was a decent chance anyway. And then on the 78th minute, it was coming. You could see it coming. Danilo made it 2-0. Lovely ball floated into the middle from the left by Barra. Danilo only had to jump in this same spot and he headers it in at the back of it. Dave, you highlighted this before. That's what we need to do. Exactly. It's my favourite type of goal, Derek. It always, always has been my favourite type of goal. Quality crosses in and the striker getting up. Powerful header. And, uh, you know, Barisic, Derek, to be fair, I think we highlighted it on the last pod. He's actually having a pretty decent start to the season. We just need him to do that more often. Uh, because any time he puts a quality ball in, into the box, we're either scoring or you know we're getting on the end of it or making the goalkeeper work at least. So it, it shows that it does work. But you know, excellent goal, great for Danilo as well, getting his goal uh, at Ibrox, and that sort of you know the stress was relieved after that. I think for everyone watching the game that we'd got that second goal. Yeah, because you didn't see Livingston coming back into it at all. And they certainly never, we made changes on the 81st minute, Cantwell, Raskin and Sifuentes off, Sterling lunch from it and Dowell came on and more or less straight away they made an impact because 84th minute, Seema made it 3-0. It was a corner in from the right, knocked up in the air, not cleared initially, it then was cleared but only to the Danilo in the box who shoots off the right post, rebounds to Seema who knocks it in, right place, right time. Uh, he still had to do the job. It was close range. Uh, it was a packed box as well. So I'm quite delighted at that. Definitely, Derek. That's what we need is somebody just to put the ball in the back of the net. Unlucky for Danilo. You know, it was good uh, technique by him. Got a great shot. But as you say, off the post. And thankfully, some are there just to bundle the ball in, just to put, you know, anything, you know, way, way out the, the reach of Livingston at that point. So excellent. And getting the goals up as well. 
Yeah. And then the pick of the bunch on the 90th minute, Dowell made it 4-0. Down the left side, Dowell holds it up for Matondo just inside our half. Matondo drives it forward, finds Dowell just inside the box on the left and a first-time shot into the back of the net. An absolute cracker, Dave. Yep, it was a, an absolute rip, a snorter of a strike, Derek. Poker straight right into the side of the net. Goalkeeper was deceiving that fantastic goal. Yes, so rounded out the game 4-0. As I said, you know, 4-0, it wasn't flattering at all, but I think it tells a, a, a slightly different story because for probably two-thirds of the game, it was a bit shaky, especially that five, ten-minute spell when, when they had a couple of chances. And, and fortunately, Butland seems to be a really good keeper. Uh, yeah, no, he did. He, he pulled off a, a couple of good saves. The one thing I will say, though, uh, is the fact that the, the pairing of Suter and Balligan, I actually thought the two of them looked much more comfortable in there than when Suter was playing along with Goldson. Now, I know that, that Goldson's not had any pre-season or, or anything like that, but although Livingston did, did have a, a couple of chances, the vast majority of the time, the two of them looked pretty solid in there and had a good understanding. So, again, we spoke about Balligan coming back and people going mental because we're re-signing them. That just shows, again, you know, he's able just to come in. He knows the system really comfortable in there and a great guy to have you know if we've got any injuries and could have gone a long way last season if, if, if we'd have had him in the team Derek so pleased that he came in and he's, he's had a, a clean sheet in defence coming back for his first sort of full game so no ha- ha- happy with that Derek happy with the scoreline as you say just we made, uh, made hard work of it in the, the sort of first 75 minutes yeah dare I say it Dave Balligan a bit of the Davy Beers with the fact that he's the old yeah, head. I, yep. He's maybe not, you know, the most mobile players. He, he doesn't charge forward at all or anything like that, but he's got that wise head on him and he does the basic things well and he needs that. And, and young, younger player, Suter's only 26, he needs that older head kind of along with him who doesn't make the, the mistakes that Golson <laughs> makes as well. So I, I don't I know. Think- yeah, no, I, I, I think you're you're definitely onto something there because he was just letting Suter go for all the big challenges. He was keeping a safe distance just in case it didn't pull off. And the vast majority of the time, Suter was getting in there. I mean, he got man of the match on, it was either Rangers Television or the stadium man of the match, I can't remember. Uh, Suter had an excellent game and it was basically, as you say, just like what we have done with Queller and Bouguera and Danny Wilson and all these guys, he just let them go for all the big tackles or all the big headers, and he was there just as a safeguard. And I think it worked really, really well. Yes. So into the next game, it was Tuesday, the fifteenth of August. It was a one-each draw against Servet in the Champions League qualifier round three, leg two, which meant we won three-two on aggregate. Dave, take it away. Yeah, no, we were sitting before again. Everybody talking about the what team that he should put out. We wanted to see Cantwell playing slightly further forward, and you know, because he'd been playing slightly, you know, back in the more, more midfield role. We didn't know what type of team that he was going to put out, but maybe on paper, Derek, at this present time, probably one of the strongest teams that he could put out. Just going on the way that players are, you know, performing. So it was started off with. Butland, Tavernier, Goldson back in for this one. Suter, Barisic in midfield. Sifuentes, Ryan Jack, Cantwell, Raskin, 
Danilo and Sima up front. I think Sima was there just to try and get some pace out in the wings if we were going to be on the counter-attack and stuff. On the substitutes bench, Hadji, Dessers, Lammers, Dewell, Sterling, Wright, Balligan, McCrory, Wright, King, Devine and Lyle. So, starting off the game in the first sort of five minutes, we were we were all over Servet. You know, we had a, a corner on the right-hand side that fell to Sifuentes. He shoots with his left leg. It was a you know, a difficult chance, but he had space to shoot. Unfortunately, Sclaffs, it ends up in a bit of a goal-mouth scramble and it, you know, just didn't fall for Danilo, unfortunately, and they were able to clear it. So, you know, for there, I thought we're going to put on some pressure tonight. Five minutes later, the Borna Barisic, the left-hand side, skips past two, two men like a winger into the box. He lays the ball back to Cantwell, who I thought was just going to blast it. I don't know what he was maybe thinking inside the box, but he tried to sort of dink it over and instead of going for the shot and it was cleared. So that was another great chance for us to score. Two minutes later though, first real chance for Servette through. One-on-one, it was just a, a simple ball played right through the middle. Both Suter and Goldson, I don't know, we're going. We're talking about Balligan there earlier on, Derek. Maybe the two of them on this, this sort of wrong wavelength because the two of them left it. The Servette striker was through one and one. It was surely going to be a goal. He hits a great shot and what a magnificent save from Butland, Derek. Top, top notch to keep us still in the tie. Yes, absolutely brilliant save from him. Uh, they just split our defence too easy. Goldson was absolutely floundering with that. Yeah. But then for there, another sort of 15 minutes, really nothing. A lot of possession play from Rangers, to be fair, but really doing nothing. Servet looking to try and catch us on the break. But then on the 22nd minute, a couple of minutes before that, Servet really putting the pressure on and they got their goal on the 22nd minute, like I said. It was a long ball out to Freeman on the left-hand side. I don't know, people going about... Tav no being in the right place, Goldson no being in the right place against Suter. Everybody's getting the blame, but there was a huge gap on the right-hand side regardless. Their player got the ball, he cuts inside the edge of the box and hits an absolute stunning goal right in the top corner. Butland had no chance for that one. And again, I'm thinking to myself, how many times are we going to concede worldies like this in Europe? Unfortunately, it was you know it was this time as well. And Derek, I know you'll have a lot to say about who you think was at fault or whatever. Is it natural to say that Tav should have been there because it was on the right hand side? Yes, this is the kind of... <laughs> well, it was a collective failure, ultimately. I mean, the, the actual shot itself, as you said, was a worldie. I have no issues with getting beat with a worldie, but it was the play up until that point and allow him, allowing him to get that ball in the first place. The, there was about three players at fall out of position, never stuck tackles yeah. in, but... Tav gets a lot of blame for it because it's the same type of thing we see time and time again from him. And there was the usual people trying to out-defend him. Well, can you not just accept, right, maybe there's the, the people that go over the top with blaming solely him. It wasn't just solely him. He was part of a defence and he was part of the issue there. Accept that he's at fault for his part of it and move on. But you can't just defend that kind of play. He's not playing yeah. at a, you know, a championship level. He's playing in the Champions League, for God's sake. So he's got to be better than that. And, yeah, and just, yeah. just, just on that, on on the Tavernier bandwagon here. About ten minutes beforehand, we had a free kick on the edge of their box on the left. He manages to hit a two-man wall. Yeah. 
he couldn't get it past a fucking two-man wall. So that was kind of the the the, the kind of the way his night was getting summed up there. Yeah, and certainly in the first half, anyway, it was Derek. But uh, but after that goal that we conceded, Derek, we were you know frantically just trying to get back on the ball, trying to slow things down. And about nine minutes later, we had an absolute glorious chance to equalise. Could we say it was a Van Vossen? Moment, Derek, maybe maybe slightly, you know, not quite as bad as that, but certainly a glaring, glaring miss. A great chance. That was a brilliant move as well. Todd Cantwell carries the ball into the servette half, keeps going, keeps going, keeps going. He finds Sifuentes on the right-hand side who puts in a phenomenal ball into the box. One of those that it's, you know, it's too far out for the keeper to dive, but it's still not close enough for the defender to get it away. It goes to the front post. I thought that Simmer was going to slide in and knock it. It misses him. There's Danilo at the back post with the goal gaping. And I still quite don't know how he missed it, Derek. It was a glorious chance. It was a god-awful miss, except especially for a striker. I don't know if it bounced just before he hit it. I don't know if he thought that he had you know, less time and it was a snapshot. I don't know. But it was an open goal, basically. And he sclaffed it and it ended up out and no we really should have been 1-1 at that point glorious miss I mean I celebrated Dave I celebrated because yeah. I thought it was in and I think everybody thought it was in yeah. I mean all I'm going to say Dave the venom that you would have been coming my way from your text if this was Lammers then <laughs> <laughs> do you think Lammers would have scored that one Dave? he probably would have I but um, <laughs> but uh, that's that's what I said, Dave, uh, to you when Lammers missed in the, in the previous game. Players miss; they miss guilt-edged chances. That's what happens sometimes. Oh. So, the it's quite telling, Dave, that you haven't had the same amount of venom thrown at Danilo as you did Lammers when he missed that. I think I've seen more from Danilo, Derek, in the short time than I have from Lammers. I think that's the reason I'm maybe not getting as uh, as uh, angry with, with certain things. But that was certainly a shock, shocking miss and a player you know, of the experience that he's got and the level he's played at, he should be burying that. But it wasn't to be. And then, you know, it really could have cost us because about five, six minutes later, Servet break up the field one-on-one again. Not quite as clear-cut, but another phenomenal save by Jack Butland. Thankfully, the Servet player, instead of cutting inside, stuck to the outside it maybe made uh, his shot more difficult, but he certainly had it on target at power. And Butland again had to be really alert and put that one out for a corner. So, you know, nearly caught out by the the break again there by Servette. But thankfully, you know, Rangers managed to get it clear. So Servette really on top for the last sort of 20 minutes of that half. You know, we've got to say, but Rangers should have been back in the game with that chance. So 1-0 at half time, Derek. And really not playing that great and hoping that we could get a better performance in the second half, and we certainly did. Yeah, I mean, just on that last chance there, we were trying to play the, the offside trap at the halfway line. Yeah. I don't care what game you're playing, that's a dangerous game to play. I, I, I hope we don't do that again in Europe, put it that way. Yep. 
Anyway, into the second half, Derek, and we had an early, well, half chance for Cantwell, really. Cantwell in, into the box, puts the ball into the box just to, I don't know whether it was a, a sort of half hearting shot, but the ball rebounds to Simmer. He flicks the ball up back to Cantwell right in front of goal, but he just can't get not enough power in his header and safely into the hands of the goalkeeper. So a half chance there. Uh, 50th minute, Raskin with a long-range shot. And we don't see this uh, enough of, in my opinion, Raskin getting shots at goal. The keeper palmed it over and out for a corner. So at least at this stage, I thought, you know, we are going for it. And then thankfully, a minute later, Rangers get that all-important away goal and the equaliser. And it was that man... Much maligned Derek for, uh, you know, the marking of the first goal. James Tavernier doing what we want him to do, and that's get up into the box and get on the end. And again, it was, we've seen it before, especially in Europe. Borna Barisic on the left-hand side with a huge cross to the back post, and there's Tavernier steams in, header, goal, and that really, I think at that point, killed the game off for Servette. You know, fantastic goal, and again, when Tavernier does that, it's he's unplayable, Derek. That's what he's got in his locker. That's what Rangers have got in their locker. They don't do it often enough, but delighted that we scored. Delighted Tavernier got, got the goal and, you know, Rangers were well up for it at that point. What was funny is the, the wife had commandeered the main TV, so I was watching the game in the studio on iPlayer. So there was about a minute delay there. And just before Tavernier scored... We were going forward and he literally passed directly to one of their players. And I said, I'm pretty sure I sent you the message, Dave, yeah, as well. Yep. And I said, get Tav to fuck. And just <laughs> just as the, in that minute, in the real time, he scored. So my mates were laughing at me because they thought, they thought I was being ironic with the, the get Tav to fuck thing because he scored yep. just at the minute I text that. So, yeah, um, we've seen it time and time again. I was cursing them last season for being in that position because that's ultimately where Morella should have been or whoever the striker was at that point but yeah a, a deadly cross by Barisic pinpoint yeah. accurate and Tavernier ghosting into that back post I think that's why he is successful getting to the back post because nobody's really expecting them there exactly no 100% and then for their it really was, you know, I, I really thought we controlled the game. Servette trying to get on the ball, but, you know, we were able to defend just about everything that they, they were putting on. It was ten, 10 minutes after that, a double sub for Rangers, Danilo and Simmer off, Lammers and Dessers on. And the 73rd minute, a great ball into the box by Raskin on the left wing. Dessers with the header, it hits his shoulder and goes over. It really should have scored that one, Derek, again. It's uh, right in front of goal. You're expecting a striker, you know, to judge that a lot better. He just, he seems to be lacking. I, I don't know whether it's just match fitness or, I, I, I don't know. I, I can't put my finger on what it is that Dessers is missing at the moment. But that was certainly a guilt edge chance for us to go 2-1 two, two up there, Derek. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. 85th minute, another sub, Fuentes off. Sterling on and then Rangers really seen the game out of that I've, I've not got many more chances after that there was seven minutes of added time at, at the end there and the final sub came just to sort of kill the clock Cantwell off Dowell on and then you know Rangers saw the game out a 1-1 a fantastic result away from home Derek another excellent result in Europe and we go on to play PSV Eindhoven in the next round, so another replay of, of last season. But, you know, 
excellent result. No great in the first half, but certainly a lot more assured and definitely deserved a goal in the second half. Yeah, I think people have got to maybe calm down a wee bit and realise that it's, when it's two-legged affairs like this, you know, the first game was one one half, this game's another half. Make them into quarters, and as as Bill did say, we've played. Uh, you know, we were the better team out of three of the the four halves of the of the game, so of the tie. So, you know, ultimately, we got through. And at this yeah. stage, it's win by any means necessary, which yeah. that kind of same notion can be said about the next game we've got to cover. Yes. Yep. So that game is Saturday the 19th of August. It was a 2-1 win at home against Morton in the League Cup last 16. Dave, you never seen any of it, did you? No, I didn't, Derek. My son was playing football in the morning and I was night shift as well at the timing of the game absolutely rotten so I completely missed the match I'm going to have to go by your analysis of the game just to tell us tell me how pish that we played they're <laughs> going by what I was reading on social media uh, I've certainly see, seen the goals and the build up to the goals Derek but I'll let you get into the full match Yes, so we lined up with eight changes from the Servette game. It was Butland, Sterling, Goldson, Balogun, Yefeko, Sifuentes, Dill, Lundstrom, Matondo, Lammers and Dessers. On the subs bench were McCrory, Hadji, Lawrence, Seema, Roof, King, Devine, Rice and Danilo. So telling that there was eight changes, you know, Morton, no disrespect, they're a championship side, we should be beating them fairly comfortably. Good yep. that one of the changes wasn't Butland, because there's no really any need to change your keeper, keep your keeper in the in the same position, and interesting to see Yefeko starting. Yeah, it was, and you know, he's obviously got faith in the, the, the young guy, Derek, so good to get them in, you know, at an early stage, we've been saying that for, for years and years, and Interesting to see how he played. Yeah, certainly proved his worth and and right at the death as well, which we'll get into. But the first half, it was all us, but we were just lacking. Lacking pace, lacking cutting edge, lacking inventiveness. Bar a couple of chances, there was nothing to say that we were actually going to win the game, never mind win it by three or four goals, as you would maybe expect and as people were predicting, because it was Morton we were playing. These games never turn out like that. I mean, how many times last season especially did we say, oh, we're going to win 3 or 4 now here and it was a really stuffy game. You've got to remember, coming up against us as a cup final to these these teams, especially in the literal sense, this was their cup final as well, given it's a cup game. But on the third minute, there was a long ball from Lundstrom from our half to Matondo, wide left. A lovely touch, drives it inwards towards the goal, has a shot and a big save from the keeper out for the corner. 15th minute, outstanding shot by Dessers. The ball was crossed in from the right, was flicked up into the centre of the box. Dessers controlled it with one touch while in the air, turns and shoots on the volley and saved by the keeper. Absolutely outstanding technique there and very unlucky. Yeah, really was, yeah. 17th minute, Matondo on the left, past his man, crossed in with pace at the near post. Keeper saves but spills, hits off the legs of the defender and right back into the keeper's hand. So a bit fortunate there for that there for Morton. 18th minute, free kick from Morton. Butland had to be alert and saved it at the near post. 20th minute, Morton attacker behind our defence. Yefeko with pace, enough to nip the ball away and out for the corner. 22nd minute, lovely long ball through from Lammers. Dessers beats the player, rounds the keeper and scores, but a foul was given by the ref. Absolutely nothing in that whatsoever. There was maybe a slight motion as if he had put, tried to pull him back, but there was nothing in it at all and it was just really poor refereeing that there. 
26 minute, Matondo down the left, cuts inside into the box, rounds the keeper at a very narrow angle, gets a shot off. It was going in, but it was cleared off the line. Very, very unlucky that there. Yeah. And the la- last piece of play I've got in the half is on the 45th minute, it was a free kick from Dill from 25 yards out, was going into the right side of the goal, but a great save from the keeper out for the corner. So certainly at least we were test- testing their keeper, which was yeah. a big feature we weren't doing last season, but we just needed that wee bit of cutting edge. Saying that, the keeper was having a great game, so yeah. on on any other day, it might have been about two or three nil. Yeah. Into the second half, it was better after we went two one up, but we shouldn't be waiting until we were a goal behind or a team tires, like what we've seen so many times last season as well. 48th minute was a throw in into our box. The ball was flicked up onto the head of the back post and Butland had to save it and put it out for the corner. There was a VAR check as Balogun was jumping with the attacker. Nothing was given. As I said in the post-match, I'm really, really unsure that was the correct decision because he was climbing over him there. So I think it was risky from Balogun and we might have got away with one there. However, on the 50th minute, the corner came in, it was cleared, there was a long VAR check with the ref going to the screen and Broadfoot appears to stand on the ball, Desser swipes at the ball and Broadfoot falls over. Two minutes later, a penalty to Morton was given for that decision because the referee couldn't make his mind up. An absolutely ridiculous decision. I think he was though maybe evening up what maybe should have been a penalty for the, the Balogun incident a couple of minutes beforehand. But as I said again in the post-match, that shouldn't be the case because you've got to treat every decision on its own merit. You know that doesn't happen, does it? No, it definitely doesn't. We've said it time and time again, Derek. You know, and just just because you've maybe missed one doesn't mean to say that the next one's going to be a stone wall. You can't do that. It's, uh, it just actually shows it's poor refereeing and poor judgment, if that's the case. Yeah, I mean, not the first time Broadfoot has conned a referee at Ibrox as well. I remember he done it for <laughs> Kilmarnock. Yeah. Up steps the Morton player on the 53rd minute and makes it 1-0, sent Butland the wrong way. So so here's the case in point once again. Because we can't take the chances and have the, the pace and the cutting edge, we've now found ourselves from a drawn position through poor refereeing, 1-0 down. Yeah. How yep. often has that happened with us? Yeah, far, far too many times in the last few, few seasons, Derek, especially... Yep. Especially last season as well, you know the the the, the first part. It was, it was just uh, it seemed to happen just almost every single game. Yeah, but once again we've found ourselves going the goal down first. Uh, it's, I think the the, the stats on it are absolutely ridiculous how many times that's happened. But anyway, fifty yeah. fifth minute corner in from the right, Balogun manages to get the ball and hits off the near post, and it was deflected out and uh, it was cleared. 56 minutes, subs were trying to come on, the referee prevented it. Nobody had a clue what was going on. A minute and a half later, the referee goes to the VAR screen. Now, we only had half a clue what was going on through the TV screens because we could see that the referee was talking. But unbelievably, what had happened, it was actually a great spot by VAR. Kirk Broadfoot was tugging the shirt of Balogun as he was trying to get the ball, and duly a penalty was given. Now, I've seen a lot of Celtic fans moaning, how is that a penalty? That shows you that, you know, that I hope VAR's going to do everything to the same standard. I mean, ultimately, that is the rules. It was a tug of the shirt in the box. The, ref- the, the rules book says, that's a penalty. I don't know what they're arguing about. It happens yep. all the time. That's not our problem if it doesn't get picked up. It's happened to us time and time again, against Celtic, might add, as well, yeah. tugging the shirt and it's not been given. So this is one of the rare occasions VAR's actually done its job and picked it up. Yeah, 
Yes. So up steps Dessers on the 59th minute, sends the keeper the wrong way and makes it 1-1. In that meantime as well, all three subs that were trying to come on, Lammers, Sterling and Balogun came off, Hadji, Sima and Danilo came on. 65th minute, we got the break of the ball with Danilo going forward, could have passed it but took it on himself. The defender managed to block the shot, ball ended up in the air and the keeper saved. Dessers went for it but bundled the keeper over, so a bit unlucky that there. However, on the 67th minute, we went 2-1 up with Danilo scoring. Dessers was great to fight for the ball. He takes it forward, looks up, a lovely ball to Danilo, who rounds the defender and shoots it into the back of the net. Brilliant. Yeah, great finish, Derek. As you say, it was through. He could have went for the, the, you know, the first shot was left foot, but he brought it back on his right. Low shot past the keeper. You know, excellent finish by him. And thankfully, that was us taking the lead for the first time in the game. Yes. 70th minute attempted link-up play in the Morton box, intercepted by the defender, but effectively crossed to Hadji, who controls it and blasts the ball goal-bound, forcing a good save from the keeper out for the corner, so unlucky that there. Yep. 72nd minute, lovely cross in from right by Lundstrom. Seema rises, gets a close-raise header and off the bar, so once again unlucky. 75th minute, a lovely spin by Hadji in the box, has a curling shot just over the bar, good technique. 80th minute, Dessers and Matondo off, Roof and Divine on. 84th minute, Seema brilliantly down the left, skins his man into the box, gets a shot off, deflected and an incredible one-handed save by the keeper out for the corner. We then switched off. Morton were pushing all their players forward to get the goal, as you would expect. It's a cup game and dying minutes as well. And we seemed to be content with having it 2-1. And we weren't exploiting their gaps to completely kill yeah. off the game. And that nearly came a cropper because in the 95th minute, ball over the top of our defence and Yefeko with a goal-saving challenge in, in the box and put the player on his arse but put the ball yeah. out for the corner as well. It was risky but great execution from Yefeko there. Was, yeah. But at the same time, we shouldn't be getting in these positions. Yeah, I know. I mean, that's it, it, quite rightly what you said, Derek. We should be capitalising on teams like that, trying to go forward to score, and we just weren't. As you say, it, it seemed like we were just content to, you know, to try and play the game out. And if it wasn't for that fantastic challenge at the end, you know, it would have been gone into extra time. Exactly. But we rounded out the game 2-1 winners through to the next round, which is great, obviously. As I said, there's an element of I'm quite happy it's a cup game, win by any means necessary, but we really should be not making heavy weather of coming up against Morton. Again, no disrespect to them, but we shouldn't be going behind for a start against Morton, especially at home. Yeah, definitely. I mean, as, as you say, but they, they are a, a lower league team. We are at home. I know we made wholesale changes, but we do have a much stronger depth of squad now, and we should be putting, you know, three or four goals past I mean, I, I, I would be expecting us to do that against half the teams in the Premier League, Derek. Never mind the team for the Championship, but it was just, again, you know, we scored that second goal, just like we said, and they just seemed to stop playing. They thought that that's them done it, done enough, and that's them through. So, quite a poor performance, but glad that we're through to the next round. Yeah, again, their keeper had the game of his life, though, so it's yep. swings and roundabouts. However, what was to come the next day? Celtic got put out of, of Kilmarnock as well. Um, brilliant. Yeah. What's what's hilarious is the fact that 
you know, the whole always cheated, never defeated has came out once again because they're moaning at the fact that it should have been a penalty, there should have been two penalties, there should have been a red card. It's honestly pathetic, Dave. The fact <laughs> that they can't just go out and get beat and accept the fact that they got beat on the day, they always have to have this conspiracy theory yep. that somebody's out to get them. It's Unbelievable. Never, it's never going to change, Derek. It, it, it never is. And again, it shows you that I'm not saying, that Derek, you know, a, a lot of people, oh, well, your Kilmarnock aren't, aren't as bad as everybody's making out and maybe your result wasn't that bad against them. It's not the fact that Kilmarnock won in that first game. It was just how they you know the, how we played against them that was more disappointing. But it makes us the favourites now for this cup, Derek. And if that doesn't spurn our players on to think to themselves, we've got a great chance of winning some silverware, you know, early on in the season. I don't know what will. I don't want to jinx it, Derek, but I'd love to think that all, all, all the players are really looking at this tr- trophy to say, we, we want to win that now. Celtic are out, you know, let's go for it and get the first trophy in the cabinet for this season, but we'll have to wait and see what happens there. Eh? Yes, so we've actually drawn against Livingston at home yep. in the quarterfinal. So certainly a, a favourable draw at home. We know we can beat Livingston. Uh, it's going to be played in the days between the 26th and the 28th of September. So that is uh, t- either going to be a Tuesday, Wednesday or Thursday. So if it's a Tuesday, I might actually miss the game because I'm just flying back in from LA that day. So oh, I, I'm... What's the Mr. Uh, well, it makes a change for you, Dave. <laughs> I teed you up for that one, eh? <laughs> <laughs> So, in the league table, we have played two, won one, drawn zero, lost one, scored four, conceded one, goal difference plus three, and we're off the mark on three points. So the league table means really nothing at this stage. Games to come, which we completely forgot to do in the, the last podcast there, Tuesday the 26th of August, so that'll be tonight by the time you're listening to this, or tomorrow, depending on when I can get the podcast out, is that's at home to PSV, that's in the first leg of the playoffs for the Champions League qualifier, that's an 8 o'clock kickoff. Saturday the 26th of August, away to Ross County in the Premiership, that's a 12.30 kickoff. Wednesday the 30th of August, that's away to PSV in the second leg playoff, that's an 8 o'clock kickoff again. And on Saturday the 3rd of September, we're at home to Celtic in the Premiership. I think that's a 12.12 kickoff, I'm not too sure, I've not wrote it down there, but... You know, a big important four games to play and really PSV getting games off before they, they play us. We're having to travel all the way up to Dingwall in between them. Yeah, I know. It's, uh, these are going to be four really, really tough games, Derek, including the game up at Ross County. We always, always have a hard match against them and this will be no different. We've just got to hope that we can up our game majorly uh, from what we've been seeing in the last few games. But We'll wait and see, Derek. I'm, I'm always, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to stay as optimistic as possible. But four really, really tough games coming up. Yes. So we'll now go into the news. So not a great deal of news to talk about here, but. Menu by Gordon Ramsay at Ibrox has officially opened. It appears to be only for matchday hospitality just now. It looks absolutely stunning. It looks like a proper high-class five-star restaurant. 
However, it should be at £450 per person and it's got to be a minimum booking of two. So it's going to be a minimum of £900 if you want to go there. Um, So, next thing here, and this is probably the main story we've got here in the news, Celtic appear to have officially refused their ticket allocation of 708 briefs for the up-and-coming Old Firm game at Ibrox. They've cited fan safety issues. So this is obviously on the back of the bottle thrown at their keeper and two of their coaches being hit by coins. Now, bearing in mind, out of those three incidents, two of the culprits for the incidents have been caught. Now, Dave, where do I even start with this? I mean, the the, the excuse that they're using, we know it's PR bollocks. It's a PR line trotted out because they've already said that they want the 8,000 allocation or the 7,000 allocation, whatever it is. I mean, it's much like our PR line that we used about the you know unfilled contract obligations for pulling out the Sydney Cup. Rangers pulled out clearly because it was fan pressure. Much like our PR line about not being able to guarantee Chris Sutton's safety. I mean, Celtic fans online tried to use that as justification for it. I mean, clearly it was a PR line that, the fact that we don't want that prick anywhere near Ibrox. That's ultimately <laughs> why we've done it. Just using some sort of excuse. I mean, I don't know who it was, put a reminder, it was a video, of they put it up on Twitter, of a 30-second clip the last time we had fans at their midden, and there was an instant of nine missiles being thrown at our fans yeah. by their fans, while stewards and the, pol- and the police just stood and watched on. So, as usual... Celtic and their their own fans portray themselves as innocent little angels and they're far from that. I mean, missiles shouldn't happen of any kind, at any ground. I don't care who it is, it shouldn't be happening. Verbal abuse, fine, as long as it doesn't step over the line, obviously. But if you're the one, one of the ones who's thrown missiles, you're a fucking idiot, right? Simple as. It's a yep. sad fact, it happens. And there's going to be little that you can do to stop it. So if you want to believe Celtic's excuse, then you really need to, to, to grow up there. Rangers have written to the SPFL to make sure that they enforce their own rules. Now, given the cinch issue, their recent history shows that they're not good of following their own rules. And this is about us still having an allocation at their game in December. At the end of the day, as Rangers have pointed out, we've offered tickets to Celtic, it's their choice to refuse. The reports suggest that Celtic are not going to give us an allocation and take the fine. I actually hope they do because it will for once and all blow this whole stupid myth out the water that it was Rangers that started this and they're just being petty shit. That's basically what gets thrown instantly by all of them. I mean, I've heard it on phone-ins, I've, I've seen it on social media, I've seen it everywhere. That is their argument right from the top, Derek. It was us that started it and and we've, we've got a right in this whole unsafe business, as you say. It's just an excuse to use for, for PR because of uh, fan pressure and it just go- goes back to well they've done it to us so uh, as, as principal we're not going to go it's just a, it's a lot of nonsense Derek we, we've spoke about it before I would rather have our fans in there that are paying that, that want to see it than having all their fans and uh, I know and we've said again loads of times before there's uh, Rangers supporters there that are raging that they can't go to, to Celtic Park in numbers uh, like what, what they used to but as I say I would rather have the stadium full of our fans that actually want to go 
to the game, then people having to give up seats and stuff like that for you, you know away fans to go into. That's the way I see it. I mean, they say we've destroyed the fixture and the atmosphere of the fixture. Now, I've said it before and I'll say it again. They refuse to re- use old firm branding. I mean, arguably, you could take the point that they're misusing the trademark, which they jointly renewed with us. The fact that they're only renewing it, apparently, to stop us or, or anybody else misusing it, that makes no sense at all there. I mean, they claim they're not one half of anything. They refuse to say our name. It's not us that's destroying this fixture, it's them. Now, a Celtic fan tried to make the point to me on Twitter that the season ticket issue that we keep citing is absolutely nonsense as we would make more money off Celtic fans. Now, we quickly shut up when I've shown them that generally we charge maybe about an extra £20 per ticket onto Celtic fans. So if their allocation of 7,000 tickets, an extra £20, we would make an extra £140,000 per game. So that's £280,000 per season. Where I pointed out conservatively, we've managed to get an extra 3,000 season tickets now because of this this yeah. uh, new thing. An average of £500, that's £1.5 million yeah. up front. Yep. Up yep. front uh, when we need yep. the money. So yep. it's a no-brainer. Then factor in that you don't need as many stewards and police so you can cut down on the money you need to spend on that. Then add into the fact that you've not got that reciprocal agreement because it wouldn't happen. The police would stop it before it happened with seats getting damaged and graffitis and, and you know toilets getting damaged. It will not generally happen when there's a lower allocation of fans there yeah. because they'll be more closely watched by more yeah. police. Yeah. So you don't have that reciprocal agreement there. So it's a win-win in that situation. Why are we not going to take more money? They've got to understand that we've got at the present moment, before any stadium expansions, 10,000 seats less than them. So they have instantly got an upper hand. If there's anything we can do to claw back money, and I'm saying this for Celtic fans and Rangers fans, if there's anything the board can do to claw back any of that gap of funding there between the t- between us and them, damn right I think the club should be taking it. Yeah, 100%, mate, 100%. So... Watch this space. What happens? It's, it's looking like they're only they're, they're taking nobody for the the up and coming game on the third. It'll be interesting to see what happens. The SPFL have made a rod for their own back here because when they formed, when they merged the SFL and the SPL or whatever it was called, and they made a new rule book, they left it so ambiguous in the rule book with so many rules. This is one of them. They should have made it either a percentage or a certain amount. You have to have a minimum of 700 fans or a percentage. But no, they never. They left it so woolly. Yeah. So, anyway, next news here is that 15 years after being founded, a feature-length documentary about the Rangers women's team has been made by RTV. Links are on the Rangers site. It's something that I'll be watching later. It's about an hour and 20 minutes long. I'm actually surprised that the women's team have been going going on that long, so it kind of just shows you, Dave, doesn't it? And it, it shows you how far that they've came in that time as well, Derek, because, you know, when it first... I, I can remember when it first started, it certainly wasn't as professional as it is now obviously it is but you know in in such a sort of short space of time for them to have the you you know the players and the you know the 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 training facilities the coverage the amount of fans that are going it's absolutely fantastic so it it shows what can can be done and uh, again the the Rangers family there you know going out to, to cheer on 
the, the women's team and then also you know we, we've seen it with the, the B team as well how uh, you know the fans have flocked to that so not fantastic stuff yes and the last piece of football news here I've got is Clive Tildesley is currently without a job in the UK. He's still working for CBS in America, but that's for Champions League coverage only. So, Rangers, bring him back, please. <laughs> I know. It was a good luck omen for us as well, Derek, What wasn't it? Because that's when we got 55. So, I will do anything to try and bring some success. So, so get him back. Give, give him his old gig back again, please. Yes. So... Man seriously creeped out as wife shares clone of his penis with pal behind his back. <laughs> the man travels often for work, so five years ago the couple purchased a clone a willy kit, but she gave it to her friend without asking and says it's none of his business. A man was seriously creeped out and betrayed by his wife after finding out that she gave a dildo clone of his penis to her friend without asking him. The unnamed man and wife made a cast five years ago as a bed as a bedroom treat since his travels. Uh, <laughs> since he travels, he was often away from work. Then last week he came home from work and his wife had bought a new kit and wanted them to try and make a second dildo. So when questioned what had happened to the original one, she said it's none of his business. The wife eventually admitted that she had gave it to her friend Tammy, who is going through a bad divorce. <laughs> Understandably, the man felt quite uncomfortable and betrayed by his wife, especially since he can't stand the friend in question. <laughs> he wrote... I, 35-year-old male, travel a lot for work. Related to that, about five years ago, my wife was using this thing called Clona Willy to cast a dildo of my, let's just say, personal specifications. <laughs> I get home from a business trip over a week ago and Denise has another one of the kits saying that she wants to make one again. I asked if something happened to the first one, like it broke or something, and no. Denise tells me that her friend Tammy has been going through a nasty divorce and she gave the dildo <laughs> because that is apparently the thing that someone does and now she needs a replacement for it. <laughs> I was seriously creeped out by the whole thing. Giving sex toys to a friend is a bit weird. <laughs> giving used sex toys is even weirder and possibly some kind of hygienic issue, but giving <laughs> one that's model of my junk feels vaguely violating. <laughs> I don't like Tammy much, which might be complicating things as well, but the wife and I quarrelled about this and I wanted to write somewhere anonymous to get outside perspective on the sexu sexual ethics of this. Deary, dear, there's some fucked up people in the world, Derek. That's all I can say. Well, I don't know what to say about that. <laughs> oh, nightmare. So, on that weird on that, note, yes, we will end the podcast. So, uh, a big game tonight or tomorrow night or whenever I manage to get this podcast out, but uh, I'm not overly hopeful, Dave. I think we've said it before. I'm not going to be overly annoyed if we don't get through to the Champions League. I, I know I've said before about this potential of the World Club Cup, but I think there's been some jubilee being put into that as well because I've seen one fan saying that it's not actually just one team from each nation, it's two teams, so that would put us well and truly out of the picture. I've also seen reports of the fact that FIFA haven't even decided who's going to be in it and how the setup's going to be yet. So I don't even know if that's going to be an option. But you know me, Dave, I want to win a European competition. I know, Derek, and 
the worrying thing for me at the moment is, and I know a lot of people have said they would rather see us going into the Europa League because it's probably we'll be playing teams that are the standard of us and we'll get a, a lot more victories. But I don't see it that way at the moment, Derek. I don't think we're playing well enough to beat any sort of half-decent team just now. Uh, we managed to scrape through Servette, who I honestly don't think were a very good team. And I think we're going to be well up against it in, in this next game. I just have to hope that PSV have an off day and we, you know, show up on the night and manage to get a victory at Ibrox so that it gives us something to fight for. I saw them straight away on so- social media saying it's time for revenge and stuff like that. I really hope that that's been pinned up in the dressing room wall for yeah. all the players to see uh, because we need something like that. We, we, we need a spark like that. So, you know, we'll go and uh, fingers crossed we manage to get a positive result tomorrow, but it will be difficult. Like I said, as well in the next four games. So, uh, But we will be watching and cheering on Derek regardless. Yes. So... All that's left to say is I'm away to eat a chocolate mousse now. Thanks yeah. for listening and goodbye. <laughs> bye bye. And the stadium erupts in red, white, and blue. You've never seen anything like it. Let's go. Manchester, Malaysia.